What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you are tuned in to Kind of Neat. Thank you for tuning in. As always, this week on the show, uh, we have a gentleman named Uno Hype um, who's coming out of Maryland and has had a long journey in this shit. Uh, he's been making music for over 20 years. He's not even 30 yet. And so we kind of talk about the ups and downs, trials and tribulations of trying to make it as a rapper. And uh, yeah, what a great guy. What a great uh, performance that he did. Uh, his song Color Me is up now on YouTube.com slash kind of neat. But first things first, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in my life like we usually do. Um, you know, it's very hot right now in Southern California. I just read that today in Death Valley, the hottest temperature that's ever been recorded in the history of the earth, uh, supposedly 130 degrees was recorded this weekend. It's been about 102 at my house. And I'll never forget one of my friends telling me that in Los Angeles, you know, the block is hot, that phrase, you know, it has a very literal meaning too. People get grumpy when it's hot here. Not a lot of people in Los Angeles have um, HVAC or central air conditioning, particularly on the west side. Uh, you know, so people just get hot and get angry. And and when it's this hot, people stay out later uh, because it gets cooler outside. And just, you know, all sorts of shit goes down. And I saw that come to fruition, that moodiness, the other day. And I want to talk a little bit about that. And I'm only going to tell it from my perspective. And I, and who knows? I might be completely in the wrong. Um, so you guys could let me know if that's the case. Feel free to hit me in the DMs and say like, oh, no, you're just being like a little yuppie ass bitch or something. But, you know, I've talked about it a few times. There's a park that I take my dog to every day. It's not a dog park, but it is a big ass field um, where I take the dog to, and there's three baseball fields there, like softball fields, really softball diamonds, um, uh, on the corners. And I would say it's probably about the size of maybe two and a half football fields, we'll say. Right. And so ever since Cooper was a puppy, I've been taking him there almost every day. So for two years, I go there every day now and it's its own little community. And what's happened over time uh, with the pandemic is that there actually is a little dog park kind of next to this big ass field. And so it used to only be people that had really well-behaved dogs that would be up in the field. And Cooper is very um, single-minded um, on playing fetch and the dog park down there near the field is too small for him to play fetch in. So I've always come up there and, and I've been with all the other um, well-behaved dog owners, whatever, whatever. But during the pandemic, now that there's no sports on these fields anymore, because it used to be we were just confined to one little corner. But now there's there's no sports, there's no kids running around. All the people that used to go to this little dog park um, with with dogs of varying degrees of behavior and recall have all kind of migrated up to the to the big field that we go to which is all fine and dandy. We just go off to our little corner so that Cooper doesn't get any scraps with any weird-ass dogs or dogs with chaotic energy because he doesn't tolerate that shit, right? So uh, I'm there a couple days ago hanging out with my buddy uh, who, who Cooper is friends with his dogs and whatever. And in one of the baseball diamonds, there's a dude training uh, or like having a practice with his with two kids. It's not like a full baseball team practice. It's just like some dude with his son and one of his son's friends and they're taking cuts they're taking uh they're doing batting drills some fielding drills etc cetera, etc cetera. and you know I played baseball growing up I will say I was a very good baseball player not to be on some Al Bundy shit but like I was good I played a lot I know what it takes to be a good baseball player I can spot talent still I don't watch baseball anymore but I can still watch someone play for a few minutes and know whether or not they are talented. I will say these kids not talented. They're just hobbyists, right? I don't know why this guy's um, taking it so serious, but what happens is uh, at one point, I guess his son is out in uh, left field and 
he's hitting in pop-ups, what have you. And this golden doodle decides that it looks kind of fun. And so he goes over and starts kind of like playfully barking at the kid and and kind of jumping around this way and that. And I guess this this kid, when I say this kid, he must have been 12, 13. I mean, he's a full size kid like he's almost as tall as I am. I would say he's well over five foot seven. Um, So it's, it's. not like a toddler. It's not a. It's not a third grader. It's not someone who's never been around a dog before or something. Uh, but he's getting very scared of this golden doodle, and that's fine. People are scared of dogs sometimes, I suppose. I have a hard time wrapping my head around it because I know that golden doodles are some of the most friendliest, like goofy ass dogs. But they are also hard headed as shit. They don't really listen that good, and they're getting really bred a lot right now. Uh, They're very popular. They've kind of become what bulldogs were in Los Angeles maybe 15 years ago. That's what golden doodles are now where like everyone has them and they're kind of a status symbol dog. And so, yeah, the dog's barking at him, but it's in a playful way. But the kid's misinterpreting it. And I guess he's scared. And the dad slash coach gets fully aggro really fast. He starts yelling, Hey, get your fucking dog, man. Uh, Mind you, I'm like halfway across the field. I'm just watching this from a distance. Get your fucking dog, man. If your fucking dog bites my kid, I'm going to sue you. You better get your fucking dog on a leash. And he goes, the guy, the guy who owns the dog is mortified at this point, right? He's trying to get the dog, but the dog has now turned it into a game. And so it's, it's like a bit of keep away. Like, uh, I don't want you to grab me by the collar. I'm going to keep playing with this kid. Who's like a little scared of me, whatever, whatever. Woof, woof. So the guy's trying to grab his dog. His dog's not listening. Right. I've been there when Cooper was a puppy. I've been there before. It is mortifying. It fucking sucks when you don't have that control over your dog momentarily because your dog has triggered on something. Right. So, Anyway, the the aggro guy goes, I fucking know how to solve this. And he walks over to the to the fence and grabs a fucking bat. And he's walking out towards this golden doodle with a bat going, I'll fucking solve this. If you can't get your fucking dog on a leash, I know how to solve this. And so at this point, I'm not getting involved. Like I said, I'm still halfway across the field. But now all the dudes that are close to over there, uh, start kind of swarming in on this dude not aggressively i will say this the i know the guy got aggro because he looked at the park full of people and thought oh these are a bunch of fucking yuppie softies and here i am this machismo jock i play baseball you know i have sons that are athletic like rah rah and so he kind of i think interprets this situation as ain't nobody gonna fuck with me so I'm going to get really aggressive, you know, but there's some other, there's some dudes out there that are about my size that go up to him and are like, hey, man, come on, like, calm down, yada, yada, yada. And he's no, nah, fuck that. I'm going to fucking hit that dog if you don't get him this night. And I don't know. Eventually, I don't remember the details. The situation gets calmed down. The guy gets his uh, dog by the collar, puts him on a leash, walks him away. That's fine. But then, you know, everybody's kind of taking their turns going up to this guy and talking to him and trying to calm him down. And he's, I'm going to call the cops. I'm going to fucking call the cops on you guys. Everybody's going, go ahead, call the cops, man. They're going to take our side. Whatever. It was all very stupid. But, you know, in my head, um, I have a big mouth. And I and I waited till things calmed down, but as I was on my way out, I couldn't help but want to talk to him a little bit because I just have a hard time biting my lip, biting my tongue, whatever, um, about things like this. And as an observer, I noticed the mistakes he was making, and it's not my place to tell him, but I told him anyway. I don't give a fuck. As I'm walking out, I go, hey, bud. He doesn't really hear me. I have a mask on. I'm like, hey, bud. He turns around. And, and, you know, his kid's looking at me, too. And I just go, hey, man, you know, before I start, I I wanted to talk to him because, like, I don't think I don't look like a yuppie. And and also I like speak baseball and I still kind of look like I could I still kind of look like a baseball player. So I thought maybe he would respect that, you know. And so (laughs) I just fucking was like, hey, bud. He's like, what's up, man? And I go, hey, you know. 
I couldn't help but notice, just as an observer from over on the other side of the field, what happened uh, seemed to be caused by you. And I just want to say that next time, if something like that were to happen, rather than escalating the situation that way, I think maybe take a deep breath and realize, you know, that instead of grabbing a bat and making everything worse, just tell your son to calm down. You know, because that's the only reason that dog was acting that way is because the energy got so crazy and everybody started yelling. And so that made it worse. And then the dog went from wanting to play to like, maybe he would bite your kid. Who knows? But like, and they got, hey, man, look, I'm just trying to protect my son, man. Like, it's fucking bullshit that that dog's off. If you can't, if you can't uh, get your dog to stop, it shouldn't be off leash, man. And I go, hey, look, bro. And I swear to God, I, I go, look, man. That's a golden doodle. That's a pussy ass dog. That dog's not going to bite you. That dog was trying to play, but then you made it worse. And I'm like, so, you know, next time, just take a deep breath and think about it. You know, read the room. And he's all, oh, you know, if that fucking dog, if that fucking dog bit my kid, you know, I would have had to do what I had to do. And I said, look, man, don't take a bat out there. If you hit a dog with a bat, you're going to go to jail. And he says, I don't think the cops would see it that way. So in my head, I'm already going, man, this is a bitch who wants to call the cops. Like, fuck the cops. You know how we feel about cops. Uh, and I don't know. I, I don't even know why I wanted to approach him. I know that I shouldn't have. I just, in my heart of hearts, couldn't, like, avoid trying to give him a little bit of a lesson, or, or, or even though it's not my place. I just can't bite my tongue in that situation. I don't know why. Because I... Let me tell you, when I was six years old, a girl uh, in my neighborhood was holding a little dachshund, a little wiener dog in her hands. I was probably, I was six. She must have been, you know, 11 or 12. She's holding her dachshund and I go, oh, can I bet your dog? And she says, yeah. And I walk up to it and I put my hands in its face and then I put my face right in its face because I grew up with dogs. I love dogs. And I put my hands in its face. That fucking dog bit the shit out of me, whop, right on the nose. My nose is bleeding. I have a little scar on there. And I'm screaming and crying and I run back to my house. I'm only a few feet away from my house. And I tell my dad about it. I'm like, oh, I got bit by a dog. He said, well, what did you, what happened? I said, I just went to pet it and I put my face next to it. I tried to kiss it and it bit me. He goes, well, don't put your face into a dog's face. He's like, that's your fault. You got bit, right? The reason I'm telling this story is because this was the perfect opportunity for my dad to go hunt down this dog or this girl and go, hey, your fucking dog bit my kid, man. But he was like, yo, it's your fucking fault. Learn from this. Right. And I just think in that situation, if that dad had been more like my dad and been like, hey, son, calm down. You're acting like a fucking kook. And that's why the dog is doing that. Quit being scared and just stand still. Then none of that shit would have happened, right? Because this is that. This is one of those types of dads I could tell. It's one of those types of dads. He's he's probably not more than five or six years older than me. This guy, but. He's one of these dudes that probably goes, you know, back in my day, kids were tough. Now kids are just, you know, on their iPads and their fucking iPhones and. And, you know, kids are pussies these days. But at the same time, he's picking up a bat to threaten a golden doodle. And then you wonder why kids act like pussies. Fucking teach your kids, man. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. You're in a read the room. You're in a park full of fucking 40 dogs. You're the only people there without dogs. You don't think that a dog might get attracted to a fucking baseball? You know, there are other dudes that come and train. Uh, you know, there's a couple really good ball players that come there and and take cuts every day and pitch every day. And you know what? They got good energy and the dogs have never fucked with them. And if the dogs do fuck with them, they laugh about it. You know what I'm saying? And so there's always people that come to this park. This is the second time I've seen a fight pop off there over shit like this. And it's always people who it's their first day there come in and get aggro it's not the people that go there every day who like know the shit it's it's people that come to the park want to get aggro over a bunch of dogs there and then 
they somehow think that we're the ones at fault. It's crazy to me. That's it. I, I don't know. Maybe I, I, I know for a fact I shouldn't have said anything to the dude afterwards, but like I said, it's just I would have gone to sleep angry had I not. Uh, but that said, you know, take this as a lesson if you're listening. If you ever go to a place where you're in a new situation, it's not someplace you go and you're not reading the context clues of what's going on, don't fucking come in there guns a-blazing. You know what I mean? Think for a second. Take a deep breath. That's it. That's all that guy had to do. Think for a second and take a deep breath. And that is game for any situation, not just when a golden doodle is barking at your little bitch-ass son. All right. That's it. We're going to get into this podcast with my man Uno Hype, uh, who's in town from Maryland. And I think that if you guys are fans of Saba, IDK, Kendrick, um, dudes like this with very thought-provoking rhymes, very good technical rappers, I think you're going to be into Uno Hype. All right. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Uno Hype. You got this line on Pot of Gold where mm-hmm. you say, uh, this is for my college dropouts who felt trapped and moved back to their mom's house or something like that. I yeah. probably slated a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is that autobiographical? I was I was at community college, yeah. <laughs> so I was already at my mom's yeah. crib. But I just I said that because I know like a lot of people could relate to it, and that's what that song was for. It's like, are right, you chasing something? So you left somewhere where you felt that wasn't the best for you. Mm-hmm. And you went back to your mom's house, recalibrated, and just did what you had to do mm-hmm. to make whatever you want happen. You feel me? It's been, even though despite our age difference, it's been this similar thing where both of our generations have had this, like, trouble with takeoff. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where, like, as soon as we get out of college, a fucking recession hits. Or as soon as we start to get our feet on the ground, a fucking recession hits. And everybody just moving <laughs> back in with their folks. You know what I mean? And, and like, we're not getting the benefit of of ha- having, like, any stability like our parents or their parents might have had, you feel me? Yeah, that's a fact, man. Yeah. You, have you felt that way, like, it was trouble on the takeoff? Yeah, definitely, because I feel like there was, uh, we were supposed to release so much music, yeah. and then that happened. We were supposed to do South By. This was, like, the first. This was the year. This was the first year I was going to do South By, and then the virus came through, and I was just, I was crushed, but I was like, damn, let me regroup, let me get everything in order, how we actually want it and not rush it, make sure it's right when we put everything out. But, yeah, it's it's always something, though. It's definitely always something. <laughs> this is, like, one of those years where I feel so bad for artists in your position that yeah, are, like, facts, right there facts. on the bubble. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You've got yeah. that little... In most years, this would be that year that shit starts to grow exponentially. And you're, having to, you're having to put it on pause, man. That shit is, that shit is bogus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely one of those years. But... But, hey, I'm used to it, like... Are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm used to it. So. How so? Why are you used to it? Because, I mean, I'm 27, so, like, yeah. it's like you don't you don't really meet too many, like, fresh, new 27 rappers. Yeah. They normally, like, within the age of, like, 17 to 23. Yeah. Like, everybody has those trials and tribulations through their career and what they do and everything. Like, I've had those happen. Yeah. And, like, moments where I, like, should have been discouraged and left and went back to school, got a regular job, picked up a trade. But I was like, nah, I'm going to stay at it, yeah. keep going. And then it was like, all right, this the year, this the year. And then this happened. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Right, right. Can I tell you something, though? When I was 27, that was when shit started to really work out for me. Yeah, with exactly. The music, with the music shit. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't ready when I was 21, 22, yeah. like, when everybody starts popping. But did you have a lot of tapes and and songs that you put out prior like have you been trying to do this for a while yeah i've i've been doing this since i was like 14 man like when i was uh always as uno hype or ever uh, it was actually the one okay that's that's where the name comes from so uh when i was the one i was in high school i was in a a group called the goon squad and uh we like used to put uh little mixtapes out here and there 
hang around out through like the uh, neighborhood, the city, and, and like school and stuff. And then uh, like we were getting shout outs from like Wiz Khalifa and stuff, like B.O.B., like Lil, you know, Lil, uh, what is that, like Lil Tags? Yeah. Lil uh, Name drop, Drops. Co signs and, and shit. Co signs. We yeah. was getting all that. And then, um, and that's what really like propelled me to take everything serious and do my own thing. It showed me a lot about like, being an entrepreneur in music and just mm-hmm. doing it your own way, moving with a select few, not just taking anything that's given to you and like really holding your own. But it's hard. It's hard to maneuver with a group. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. That's a fact. Well, let's let's get back before we get forward. Like, where do you come from? The DMV? Yeah, I'm from Maryland. You're like, from Maryland. What yeah, part of Maryland? Montgomery County. And what is that near? Is it more near like uh, Baltimore? Nah, that's DC. It's like right out, like right outside of. D- it's like uh, how far from PG County? Uh, it's like they're all connected. So you got you got DC in the middle, yeah. and right above it you got PG, and like also right above. D, uh, so like north the northwest side, uh-huh. it's like uh, Montgomery County. So uh, northeast side is in like the south side. That's all PG. Okay. And then like southwest or like over the bridge, like near Georgetown, that's like Virginia. It gotta be hotter than a motherfucker there right now. Definitely. I've I, been there I, during the summer and it is crazy the humidity, dude. I came out here, I was like, oh, I get to wear sweats. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's, it's 102 yeah. out right now, but it's dry right. heat at least. It's dry heat at least. All black, man. Yeah. That's <laughs> funny. You have um, generations in Maryland? I mean, I'm like the first generation from Maryland for real. So, like, my family, they all from like DC. So, okay. it's like, you live in DC for a while, you want to move out, raise a family, you go to Maryland because of like gentrification, crime rate, yeah. all that stuff. You you go to you go to Maryland, raise your family in Maryland, even if it's like PG or MoCo. Okay, yeah, okay. Somewhere. So, it's like moving out to the suburbs, Montgomery mm-hmm. County. Yeah, I mean, we got lucky. So, it's like, uh, you get like vouchers, like Section Eight vouchers. Oh yeah, you get, right, right. You get lucky, and you just—it's kind of like a raffle for real. So it's like a long, it's like a long wait list. So you just use that, move out to the county, build your family, hope they make it through. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, instantly you bring up gentrification. That's something that a lot of guests have been talking about from various in, mm-hmm. uh, places in, in the the country right now. Did your parents experience that gentrification in DC? Because I've heard that DC just been changing drastically over the last like I don't know twenty years or something. Yeah. Yeah. So like I got I got cousins, aunts, uncles that that still live in DC, and like when you go back to those neighborhoods, you can see you can just see all the gentrification. You can see all the new buildings, all the new people coming in. Like it, it's kind of funny to look at though, actually. How so? Because it's like all right, you have this trapped out neighborhood next to this Whole Foods, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you have these people who shop at the Whole Foods come to this trapped out neighborhood, yeah. and then it's just that Some interv- things gonna mix yeah, up and right it's kind of funny to see but also it's it's messed up because you're moving these people who lived here for years displacing build their family history you just and then get once out. you fucking move them out you probably build nicer schools and shit to spit in their face almost, exactly huh? yeah and it also it also spits back in uh their face as well because these people are going to the suburbs yeah you know how that get down yeah yeah, yeah right <laughs> they, they bring in what they what they know and taking it with them to the suburbs. Right, right. What's life like growing up in Montgomery County? What, what'd you get into? Life, life, yeah. life in Moco is straight. Cause like uh, you could you could really get into whatever you want to get into. What were you into? Like me, I was in the basketball. I was in the rapping. I was in the. That's a whole. I was in the. I mean, it's like that the, whole the, area the, is very known for basketball, yeah, right? Yeah, like PG County yeah, in def- particular. Definitely PG. Yeah. Like Moco is more like football for real. So I went to like. Uh, predominantly like football school, Quinn Soldier High School is like mainly football. I probably know like six, seven dudes that I went to high school with in the, the NFL. The yeah. yeah, and then like a couple younger dudes about to go to the league. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So. But you were hooping? Yeah, I'm a hooper. Yeah, I'm yeah. A hooper. You can see that in the music videos. Right, yeah. right. You started at a young age or what? When did you get into basketball? So my my dad is what got me into basketball. So my dad would like always take me around like his neighborhood in DC and like let me play with those kids at the rack. He'd be like, "Yo, I'll give you like five dollars. You make a free throw." And yeah. I was always determined to get the five dollars, yeah, so yeah. that was incentive for me to pick up the game of basketball. And then he's teaching you to appreciate the value of a dollar, dollar and, and of a free throw. <laughs> yeah, at the same time, free throws get your money. Your pop, is your pops tall? 
Nah, I'm actually one inch taller than my dad. Really? Yeah, we made a bet when I was that age that I was going to be taller than him, $20. The school that you go to, mm -hmm. was it a good educational school as well? Yeah, like, definitely. Were you into scholastics as a kid too? I mean, I was I was a kid in high school. I wasn't, <laughs> I was, I was into chasing girls and rapping, but yeah. sometimes I would be into it. Because that's the thing is I listen to, in listening to your songs, you seem like you're very up on current events and very yeah. like scholarly shit. You know what I mean? You're really speaking about issues and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it makes me wonder if like, oh man, you actually to thrive in history class. Yeah. You feel Yo, me? I actually did thrive in history. Really? That was it. That was your shit. That was like the shit. only AP class. That, that was the only one? Yeah. yeah. You could hear it in the music though. Other like, than that, yeah. I was knocked out or walking through the hallways. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> what age do you join the Goon Squad? Like, when do you realize that you can rap, and how, how do you start getting into making music? All right, so I'm going to take it back to my brother. Yeah, please. So I got I got three older brothers. So you're the youngest? Then, yeah, I'm the youngest of three. That's cool. Yeah. So you already know the yeah. influence. They were playing music all day, and then it got to me. What were they playing? My brother was playing Zero. Yeah. Oh, okay. a lot of Houston rap for Houston. real. So I yeah. grew up on like Houston rap, bunch of like go go, like down south stuff. Before yeah. I even like heard of Jay Z or Nas, it was like Zero, Devin the Dude, Face, yeah. Scarface. Yeah. Uh, who else? My brother just played. Did you they used to play a lot of Boosie? You grew up like. Did you listen to the Diary as a kid? It came out in 94. Here's why I asked that, because you bring up, uh, you brought up Devin the Dude. Dude yeah, yeah, and that's yeah, the first yeah, time yeah. I ever heard Devin the Dude's mm -hmm. voice, And I, because I got that record when I was in seventh grade, mm -hmm. and, and the, but I didn't really realize who Devin the Dude was till I was like a freshman in college, and I went, oh, I've heard his voice before yeah, on yeah, the diary. Yeah, yeah, right. My first Devin the Dude record was Doobie Ashtray. Oh, yeah. That I remember. That's my and, favorite yeah, yeah, Devin yeah, yeah. the Dude song. DJ I love that premiere, song. man. That, I, I, you know what I'm saying? I didn't even realize it was a premiere beat till mm -hmm. years later, too. And he from Houston, too. Oh, premiere is? Yeah. I thought he was from Boston. No, no. no he, Guru yeah. from Boston. Okay. DJ Premier from uh, Houston. No shit. I didn't yeah. even. But I was, yeah, so my brothers, they had gotten me into rap music. Yeah. And then, like, my brothers used to rap, and they used to put out CDs and stuff. Playing in the car, and I remember my first time being like, yo, I want to rap. I'm going to be better than my brother. So I would, uh, me and my little cousins, we would all battle all the time. We would rap. We would use the uh, headphone as a mic. As a mic, yeah. And plug in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. And just, and we were like seven, and that's when we, we that's were using that low the budget tape. shit, yeah. We would just, uh, like, record over the beats and stuff, have a beat playing in the background, press record, record over. We messed up, go back. And that's how I fell in love with, like, the art of making music. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't hear a lot of stories like that anymore because that's yeah. very similar to how we learned how to do it. Yeah, exactly. It, I'm old it, school, like, man. Yeah, over tension, <laughs> you got to have that analog experience, yeah. which now a lot of times people are like, oh, mm. yeah, I got a fucking, I got an iPad when I was 10 and <laughs> yeah. it had GarageBand on it. You know what I'm saying? No shots. Yeah, that's still uh, tough, that's too. Exactly. Yeah, teaching yourself tight. regardless, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so what, what's it like growing up, the baby with three older brothers? Did you just get bullied all the time or did you get protected? I got protected, got a lot of game, a lot of love. That's cool. You know what I'm saying? Got beat up, but hey, that's what brothers do. Yeah, because I only know? had one younger brother, and we, I used to beat the shit out of yeah, him. Yeah, like, at it. Yeah, that was it. We were at each other's necks. Mm -hmm. um, well, uh, what'd your folks do for work? Oh, so like my mom, she's a hustler. My father, they they was all hustlers. They was doing whatever. Like my mom, she's worked grocery stores, hair salons, psych wards. Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? Do yeah. whatever to get to the back yeah. just to like raise us. And like my dad... He was self-employed, had many businesses. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> did a lot of things. Entrepreneur. You know, entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> and did you grow up in a house with both of them? Nah, nah. Just, when just, did they just my dudes. Yeah. When I was like uh, seven. Yeah. Yeah, I remember having to like sneak to see my dad. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. She'd be like, you see your dad today? I'm like, yeah, I saw my dad today. Yeah. <laughs> had to sneak to yeah, see you. Yeah, had really? to sneak to How see How far away pops? did he live? Uh, he stayed. He stayed at like my uh my godparents. He stayed in the uh, basement of like my godparents. Crib yeah. And stuff. So not too too far. Yeah, not too far. It was probably like yeah. ten minutes away from the crib. And so you guys stayed close then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's my dog. That's good. Yeah, that's my dog. I hear a lot of stories in here doing podcasts. Like we have a theme on this show that bad dads make for great art. So it's like <laughs> it's more of an exception to the rule when you when when like oh yeah I, mm -hmm. I grew up around my dad. Most times we get people in the chair. They're like I fucking hate my dad, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? It's, hey. it's always a blessing when I hear like, yeah, nah, me and my dad are good. Yeah. That's good. Shout out to him, man. Yeah. He, he just he just got out of uh, surgery not too long ago. What did he have surgery for? He had a brain hemorrhage. No. Yeah, and, and he... Yo, and he went, like, right back to work and stuff. Really? So, shout out to him. Damn, what a tough motherfucker. Real hustler, man. Yeah. This was, like, uh, this was like a couple weeks ago, so. Wow. Yeah. Well, shout out to your dad. Yeah, shout out to him, Speedy man. recovery, man, for real. So, you hear your older brothers rapping. Did any mm-hmm. of them get anywhere with rap? Not at all. No. But it was an inspiration for you to start. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and so, you got cousins, and you guys start making your little blend tapes, uh, mm-hmm. like, doing the analog shit. Did you get positive feedback from your brothers? Like, hey, man, this is good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I got positive feedback. I knew when I was nice, and they was like, yeah, you should do something with this. You should you should put this out. You should keep doing with this. Yeah, man, keep doing your thing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's like, of course, I was like, uh, so I actually used to also send those demos out to, like, Slip and Slide Records. I used to be like, all right, we... We the next, like, we the rap version of B2K. Wow. The next little Bow Wow. I used to, like, put it, put them, <laughs> put wow. them in envelopes and send them to, like, Cash Money, Slip and Slide, So So Def, like, all those record labels. So you had the hustle in you as well then. Mm-hmm. It's like, nah, I'm not just going to sit on this. I'm going to, like, figure out what to do with it. That's tight. How did you figure out even to, to start trying to ship those out to people? Uh, magazines. So I would, uh, I would like, look in the back of the magazines, and they would be like, send your demos to to this place, send your demos to us. And I'd be like, all right, bet. Yeah, I'm going to send my demos to them. That's so great because I feel like <laughs> the biggest downfall for most people is they don't think to just ask the question, like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to be on. How can I be on? You're like, there's how. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever get any responses from anybody? Uh, I did. I got a response back from Slip and Slide. I forgot what it said, yeah. but I got a response back, and yeah. I remember it, and I was sized for the longest. <laughs> Let me just talk to you real quick about that word, siced, because that is such a regional word, isn't it? (laughs) Motherfuckers don't know what that is. And Mm -hmm. the only reason I know what siced is is because I knew some people on a hip-hop message board back in the early 2000s that used to spell it C-Y- S E D. We're yeah. like, what the fuck is that word? You mean psyched? Yeah. Y'all say psyched out there, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's that's some very uh, DMV DC Maryland <laughs> rare regional shit right mm-hmm. there. I've had, I think actually that might be the first time I've ever even heard it spoken out loud. I think I've only read it before. Bad. That's how rare that Clap is. It up. Yeah. Hey, shout out to Sice. <laughs> shout out to Sice is a real word. Uh, okay. So the response that you got back, you don't remember positive or negative? Yeah, I don't remember. I just remember I got a response. So I was like, yes. All right, let me keep doing this. Maybe it'll work out <laughs> that's so tight and these tapes that you're sending to people this is your group or is it just you oh uh, it was just me at the time yeah because yeah, right. I, I used to uh put like the next little bow wow on it yeah. and then like i'll also like email the next little bow wow to people wow yeah. <laughs> so you must have been what 13 14 not uh when i was doing that i was like uh when i was uh mailing out i was like eight Nine. That young. But then when I was like emailing, I was like 11, 10, you know? Wow. Mm. So this shit goes back, way yeah. back. Mm-hmm. That is a <laughs> yeah. really amazing hustle. And so did your parents know you were doing this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They knew I was doing it. They're that. helping, like taking you, like, oh, let's go buy you some stamps. N- uh, nah. I had to find stamps. <laughs> like, I had to be like, like nah, this. You're going to need to make yeah. a lot more free throws if you mm-hmm. want to fucking book a stamps, man. Yeah. Damn, so eight years old. Yeah. Holy shit. You was really trying to be like a, a, a child star, a child yeah, celebrity. Child, child rap star, man. I was trying to be Lil Bow Wow. I had the hair too, yeah. cornrows, yeah. straight down, you know. <laughs> Now that said, mm-hmm. being that young, you can only get so far by yourself as an eight year old. So did your did your parents or any of your aunts or uncles or whomever see this drive and go, you know what, let's try to like get him an agent or get him a manager or something? Like, did did, did you ever have any brushes like that? My mom definitely was like that, but that was like until I got older, until I really started showing like interest in it. Because I was a kid, I would like go out and play, have fun, play basketball and stuff. Yeah. But like once I was like, all right, music, that's it. But I still hooped, and I was like, all right, music, basketball, and music. Yeah. Then she was like, all right, let me uh, try to go out, find him a manager, somebody that I could help him get in the position where he's trying to be at. When was that? Uh, this was when I was like 13, 12. That's like, still very young. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. That's really amazing. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like growing up in a 
I mean, I don't know. Does MoCo feel like a small area or a small town to you, or does it feel like a, a dense urban area? I don't know. Nah, it don't, it, I don't get that small town feel okay. because there's, like, so many, like, little pockets and cities right. within right. MoCo. And, like, you could move around. Like, there's so many people that are from MoCo, like, flourishing. Yeah. The and reason like, I ask, I grew up in Alaska, and I always, oh, had, and I always had dreams of mm. being a musician or being something when I got older. And I look And I look back at, like, growing up in this rural area of, like, oh, man, if only I had been born in Los Angeles or New York, it would have popped off. My nephew was born in Alaska, actually. No shit. Yeah. You got a mil- military, <laughs> military family? That's yeah, how we yeah, ended yeah, up there, yeah. too. My nephew. <laughs> so I guess that was really the framing of my question is, like, do you feel like had you grown up somewhere else, it would have popped off easier? I feel like if I would have uh, even just lived in, like, D.C., it would have it uh-huh. been easier. But then on top of that, like, if I won the geographical lottery, right. you know, That's if I would have been in Miami... New York, but it, but I feel like that's what put a put a chip on somebody's shoulder, make them grind a little hard. Like, right, right. I think I think it's good for people to be from those small towns. Like yeah. you know, you make you make your sound special, you make yourself special. Like mm-hmm. it's you, that's you. Like it's unique, yeah, really. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people be psyched off of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I try. So when is it that uh, you link up with other like-minded teenagers and start the goons? The Goon uh, Squad is that what it was? The Goon Squad. The Goon Squad, yeah. They came, they came and got me. So like, I used, they knew I rapped, and I used to like put out songs when I was like in eighth grade. Were and you putting them on? Is it is like MySpace, MySpace around? Yeah, okay, yeah, so you you start off on MySpace. Yeah, yeah I used to uh, just scour the internet for beats, yeah. and I would rap over them. And then uh, I met them when I was in uh, high school, yeah. just doing like freestyle battles. Did they go to the same school as you? Or yeah, same yeah. school, same school. And so what were they doing that made you believe, like, oh, I need to link with these dudes? Uh, it was, like, the quality of the music. And I was like, yo, they rap. I like the quality of it. They got their own beats. Yeah. I need that. I need I, I need to figure. I'm tired of leasing and stealing beats. Got the tag on it. Right. <laughs> like, I need my own. And so how were they doing that? Like, what was their situation like? We had a homie named Shane, and he had his own studio set up. And uh, he made beats. He had the booth. We used to pull up all the time. Where was Get it? Like it in the basement this, or something? This was this was at uh, his crib. So his dad was a musician too. Okay. okay. So he built a, a studio for him in his room. Yeah. And we used to just go in all the time. I would just like throughout high school, I like probably wouldn't go to parties from like my freshman year to my junior year. Yeah. I would just stay at his house. My mom be calling like, "Where you at? Where my son at?" Like, you already know. I'm I'm in the studio. <laughs> like, just locked in the booth. yeah, locked yeah. in. <laughs> and how many dudes are in the group? Uh, it was probably like six of us. All rappers or some yeah. producers, some rappers. We had two producers, okay. producer, singer, and everybody else was rap. We all rapped though. Yeah, yeah, but we had two producers. What kind of things did you pick up? from that first group situation like what did you learn i learned uh how to actually make music i watched how people move within groups and like just how to market myself okay that was like one of the main things and like seeing how people market themselves and how to reach out to people network yeah and just even like record myself. So that, that was really what I was yeah. getting at. It's like just learning to record in a mm-hmm. studio is an art in and of itself that a lot of people don't realize. Because yeah. you could be the fucking man at the high school table, exactly, and then get in front of a mic, and that energy doesn't transfer over the same mm-hmm. way, right? Did you learn to kind of find your voice on a mic at that time? Yes, sir. Like that was definitely like the homie, like my homie T Smith he used to pull up on me and be like, yo, I'm going to show you how to record. I'm going to show you how to use these plugins. I'm going to show you how to mix. And I felt like that's what gave me a one-up mm-hmm. early on. And everybody was like, yo, why you, why your stuff sounds so nice? I'm like, put the time in. My homie taught me. So, and I'm grateful for you, T. Smith. Thank you. Shout out, T. Smith. Because <laughs> it's really one of those things, the more time that you spend in these recording programs, you kind of mm-hmm. crack the matrix after a while. You could look at a wave and go like, oh, yeah, that looks like it sounds good. Or you can even get down to where you can tell what yeah, word yeah, is what. Exactly. When you, you do it. Cut like, it right there. Yeah, oh, you know, like, it. oh, yeah, no, move over. That's where the mm-hmm. thud is. Yeah. So how long does the Goon Squad last? It probably lasted about like a year and a half. That's it. Just yeah, a very yeah, short a year time. Yeah, and a half. And so do you guys start gaining some traction in the area? Do you become school celebrities? Yeah, definitely school celebrities. Yeah. Definitely the uh, What was the big the MySpace hit? 
the big MySpace hit. Yeah, you guys have one. Uh, my man Primo, that was his. It was his record. It was called uh, "Throw It Down," I think, and it got on the radio. Like the local radio. That's so, amazing. Yeah, yeah. So we got some radio spin off that. And then and that then, gets you shows locally? Yeah, got a shows locally. Like first show, I was a freshman in high school. Wow. Ninth grade. That's awesome. The the videos on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, nice. How's the show? Where is it at? Like a rec center or something? It was at a restaurant. It was at a Spanish restaurant called El Tejano in Germantown, Maryland. That's dope. <laughs> and it just had like a little stage in the corner? Yeah. Was it after hours or was it like yeah, it while was, the restaurants opened? It was after hours. Okay, yeah. I mean, but you could still order food and stuff, you know? Yeah. Did they you have a lot seats. of shows there? Uh, I don't know. I think that was like the only show that I could remember. <laughs> that was like rap. I have to wonder with you striving to find your way in the music industry at that young of an age, where else were you honing your craft? Were there open mics around? Was there like a scene of high school kids? Because I think like in, in LA, mm -hmm. I think back 10 years ago, there was like, shout out my man Verbs, there's this thing called the Spliff where like all the yeah. young uh, West LA high school kids would go and get on the mic and shit like that. Was there anything like that for you guys? I mean, there was, but I wasn't a part of it. Yeah. So like... I feel like we would hone our craft just being around each other, like sharpening our swords, just being around each other. Like also my homie Quest, he he the reason why like I took rap serious. Why is that? Because he was like always into like eighties rap. He was into like tribe, mm -hmm. uh, blue, like you know what I'm saying? Like he he held lyricism at a high standard. Does he is he the one who starts putting you on game? Of, of yeah, our... he he was the one who put me on the Nas for real. Like oh, yeah. I didn't get hip to Nas and like later hove until I met my man Quest. What does it feel like when you first hear those artists? Are you like, oh, this is this is the thing that I've been looking for? I'm like, damn, I ain't doing enough. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Damn, I gotta step it up. Is there this moment after Quest puts you on to all these dudes where um, your music goes from sounding one way to now it sounds more like Uno the hype or Uno hype? Yeah, I learn how to make songs. I learn how to like find my voice, just like being around him. Learn how to, cause I also taught him how to mix. You know what I'm saying? That was like the trade off. It was like, all right, teach me how to be a better MC. Yeah. Right, I'll teach you the technical stuff. Yeah. And then, yeah, I just became a better writer, better. I just, it, it expanded everything for me. Like, yeah. I started listening to different music, became more in tune with the with the creative side, the left side of my brain. Yeah, so, right. Does that happen quickly? Does it feel like overnight almost or what? It was like probably like a year. That's really yeah, fast, yeah, though, yeah. in the grand scheme I learned how things. to dress, too. Yeah. Out. <laughs> Wait, oh, why? How did you used to dress? I used to, man, hey. <laughs> I used to wear the wear the baggy clothes with the with the with the uh, DCs with the baggy DCs because oh, I was the DCs? in. DCs? You used yeah, to skate? I was in. Nah, that was just uh, in, yeah. in the DMV like skate shoes. That yeah. was in. The Goon Squad lasts for a year. You say? Mm -hmm. Was it an amicable breakup? Did you guys all remain friends afterwards, or was it like now I have rap beef to rap about? Nah. So like, what happened was uh, I had like ended up leaving and just like doing my own thing because it was like all right. I'm the youngest. Everybody else here already knows what they kind of want to do, and like my sound wasn't fitting anymore. Yeah, fitting in. Well, is that because of what Quest taught you? Yeah, definitely, okay. definitely. Because yeah. I ended up branching out and was like, all right, I'm gonna do this. I listened to this boy. I like this boy, and it was just like, all right, because those those are still the homies to this day. At this point, you you break off, and are you still going by the one, or do you change the Uno? I changed the Uno, so uh, the homies from Goon Squad. They used to always call me Uno instead of the one. The swaggy. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, most of them Dominicans, so they'd be like, yo, Uno, Uno. Okay. And then uh, my man Quest, so I, I used to always mix his stuff for him. He'd be like, yo, Hype Lee, used to call me Hype Lee, yeah. you know, because I used to mix his stuff for him. And then I was like, hmm, I, I made a Twitter around the time. I was like, what well, should I call my Twitter? What, what's my handle? Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right. Uno hype, <laughs> and then it has a jingle. I just, I just stuck with it since then. Yeah. So, have you ever put out a full album? Uh, yeah, I actually have uh, mm, mm, a bunch. Mm, 
I got like three that yeah. I put out, but or you, maybe four. But you wiped know. them off from the from all the DSPs to like th- this is the big start, mm-hmm. right? I mean, uh, Dat Piff. Okay, okay, you, they're still up on <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. That's <laughs> the Holy Grail. Yeah, Dat Piff. That, that's the, that's <laughs> the hip hop archive of, yeah, of the right. fucking country for real. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time you graduate from high school, you've been rapping now already. You know, ten years damn near, mm-hmm. and so you have a bit of. Uh, uh, a legacy to hold on to and some some songs and tapes out and i would imagine you've been playing shows for a while by then yeah and are you one of those artists that was like always trying to open for whomever was in town or yeah definitely yeah so uh i used to uh open up shows at this venue called jacks what was it before it was jack then it turned to empire because mm-hmm. uh my man's my man's henny he like manages yeah. rappers nowadays, yeah, yeah. so he used to always throw shows, and he would always reach out like from yo. EQT. Yeah, yeah, he would be like, "Yo, I want you to open up for this artist, this yeah. artist." I'd be like, "All right, bet, boom, let's do it." Yeah. So that's how I like really got my start in like performing and and like seeing what it took to be an artist on a performing level. Yeah. What mm-hmm. are some of those early shows like? Who Who are some of the early ones that you open up for? Uh, Mac. Yeah. Currency. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly. Oh wow. A couple other ones. I just it was it was a lot it was a lot of people too. I'm sure opening for artists. It's an uphill battle. Yeah. It's hard, and you really have to learn your chops. Yeah. What are some of the things you learned about stage presence opening for other people? All right, so I remember one thing uh, Henny taught me. He was like, yo, uh, not most of these people are going to know your music. So you got to kind of keep it short at a time like that when you're opening up Mm -hmm. and don't spend too much time on the stage. Just give them that good stage presence, good energy, and just, you know what I'm saying, do your thing, shine out a little bit. Get in and get out. Yeah, exactly. Wise words for Mm -hmm. anybody that's starting because the biggest mistake I think openers make that I always used to make when I was on the people is try to go, yo, sound man, one more song, one more song. Yeah, one more. I got exactly. one more, I got one more, hold on. <laughs> did you learn anything about crowd control as far as like, did you start thinking like, oh, you know what? I need some hooks that are like easy to chant along with and shit like that. Yeah, definitely that, yeah. And just uh, using your voice, you know, you can't have like a frail voice and be in front of a crowd. They're not going to respect you. They're going to tell you to get the fuck, you know. Mm-hmm. They're going to kick you off stage. They can read that energy for <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, they could read it, yeah. yeah. Okay, so then you go to community college, but I have a feeling your heart's not really in school because you're trying to do the music shit, right? Yeah. And so what does life look like around then um, as far as the hustle goes? So I had a, I had a, uh, just found a manager at the time. Yeah. So I was like moving from like Chicago to New York, back home, and that's what... That's what I was doing around the time, just meeting up with, like, different blogs here and there, like, doing random interviews, putting out singles, meeting people, and it's just, like, building those relationships at that point in time. This is, like, um... 2011. Okay, yeah, 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 So this is peak blog era. Yeah. And so how did he have connections that you guys are flying to other cities to meet with blogs and stuff? The internet. The internet. The power power of the internet, man. Just reaching out to people. And then, uh, and people reaching out to us from like hearing the music. Cause I had put out uh, a EP called Ready for Takeoff. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Ready for Takeoff at that time. And then that got, that's how I was able to like find people and be like, all right, I, I, need, I need some help over here. And they were like, all right, bet. Yeah. And then that's when we started making those moves to Chicago, to New York. At this time in 2011, this is when you're probably 17, 18, something like that. Yes, sir. Do you look back and think, like, I had my brushes with fame back then and it almost worked out back then? Or do you look now of, like, oh, those were only learning experiences? Definitely, like, learning experiences. Yeah. Because it's like, all right, maybe I should have moved this way. But sometimes I'm just like, nah, I can't even, like, think that way because it's still a learning experience every yeah. everything's always a learning experience yeah. did you guys end up meeting with any labels back then yeah so we had like atlantic and warner like reach out when i was like 17 18 wow. yeah i had dropped another mixtape called uh fuck the hype and that had like uh, a bunch of like features on it Who'd you get? Uh, I had like Joey Badass. This was like oh, when wow. I when I first met uh, like Joe, like the pro yeah, air, pro air dudes, pro air dudes. Could you collab with Cap Steves? Yeah, Capital yeah. Steves. Yeah. Uh, 
We had like Smoke Diz on it, Taya Bali. It was like real blog wow. air yeah. type shit. Yeah. Um, so you were right there in the middle of mm-hmm. it. Wow. Because like my homie, my homie DJ Black Diamond, he produced Nikes on My Feet for Mac Miller. Oh, wow. And yeah. then, because uh, I went to high school with uh, DJ Black Diamond. And then uh, we did a whole we did a whole EP together. So once I dropped that, boom, blogs, blogs posting all my stuff. I'm like, all right, bet we we going somewhere with it. Yeah. So this is the era of uh, of um, two dope boys. Yeah. Like that was it was like the shit if you got on mm-hmm. two dope boys back then. I never got on. I got on two dope boys once. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was iced though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was iced. Me- meeting all the dudes like Smoke Dizza and Joey Badass and mm-hmm. all these fellas, like, do you guys collab in person or is it all via the internet? Uh, this was in person. Yeah. Because I was actually like sleeping in that studio, like that we recorded in. This was uh, a cin- this was like Johnny Shipe's studio, and I was like sleeping in it because like right. I would go to like go from Maryland, go visit uh, my manager at the time because he was going to NYU, in and New I York. would just crash at the studio you know what's wild mm-hmm. i have n- i had never really heard the name johnny Sh- johnny shipes right yeah uh until two episodes ago we had a dude on who almost got uh, signed to a manager contract with shipes yeah so you're the second rapper to bring him up in like two weeks for, to me mm-hmm. and i don't know that's just some weird small world yeah. shit <laughs> so like did he ever try to sign you to a management deal or nah, nothing because nah, nah. you had a manager already. yeah i already had a manager yes. like because my manager was a day-to-day manager for uh pro air oh, so he would so like look over connect. yeah that was the connection we look over all the pro air stuff and then like in return of that like i met uh joey and like yeah. steez and they would be like yo post my music hit me on facebook like yo i I rock with y'all, and then Steez was just like, yo, let's do a song together, bro. Like, I, I rock with what you doing, because uh, I didn't meet him yet. Because yeah. the first uh, the first time I met him, I took a bus to uh, New York, and I uh, just got my uh, wisdom teeth pulled. Oh, so uh, I had, like, dry socket a little bit, so it was just throbbing, 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 and I get there, CJ like, yo, rap, uh, uh, Steez rap for him. And then he just starts rapping. I'm just like, dog, this is like the nicest person I've ever met in my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, like, and like the next day, I, uh, my dry socket had went away. And then like we just went to the studio and like laid like three, two songs down. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> dope. That's really dope. Yeah. Man, wisdom teeth, bro. Mm-hmm. Is this before Pro Era really takes off? Is this when they're just starting to this like was, make videos? This and was shit? like right right before ninety nine. Ninety nine. Because yeah. I remember when that came out. I mean, it was just like explosive. Yeah, the, yeah. The that, whole Pro Era crew. I mean, Joey Badass in particular, like just took man, off. That thing went crazy overnight. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so you're so you're crazy. there in the mix of that while mm-hmm. that's kind of being brewed up. Yeah. You know? And so when it takes off, do you feel like, yo, I'm close enough around this to where this is going to rub off onto me and I'm going to get some of this action or what? Nah, I never thought of it like that. You Because I did. I feel like I, I didn't put that time into it and I didn't have like the resources around me for that to happen. So I was like, all right, how do I get those resources? Okay. You know what I'm saying? That was like my whole mindset. It yeah. was like, all right, how do I get it for myself? So how did yeah. you? I feel like I'm finally almost there getting it for myself like you know what i'm saying like yeah as we're getting ready to put out the album as we're ready to put things out corona happens yeah. we're almost there to get to get it ready for, for the drop but then the yeah. corona hits so i feel like we, we still working on that right now yeah at, at this point in time isn't it interesting how some people are ready at that moment? Yeah, at a, at a young age, yeah. And do you Definitely. look back and go like, it's better that it didn't happen back then? I wasn't ready yet? Definitely. Really? 100%, 100% correct because I feel like if I would have got it, then I wouldn't appreciate it mm-hmm. the way I appreciate putting in work and taking time now. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Yeah, like a lot of things shape you and like, you know. Yeah, talk to me about some of the things that shaped you because what we're talking about now is stuff that took place, you know, eight, nine years ago, right? Mm -hmm. And so what do the last eight or nine years look like as you're coming into your adulthood and still working on this and probably making connections, losing connections, remaking other ones? What's that journey been like? Yeah, I feel like those those relationships— it's just like losing relationships, 
making relationships. I mean, but that's part of the game, though. Totally. So it's like that's always going to happen, whether you are a plumber, <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying, plumber, basketball player, rapper, dentist. There's always going to be relationships and people that come and go throughout your life. And uh, I feel like uh, like pivotal things for me is like, the death of family members, you know what I'm saying? Like, people you hold really close to you, you know what I'm saying, friends, just people in your life, you know, like, as you start to get towards, like, a certain age and you get older, like, yeah. you will experience those things. Yeah, I just and, lost my father last yeah. year already. Sorry to hear yeah, that, nah, bro. Yeah, it should happen. So, I mean, we had a long time to prepare for yeah, it. Who, exactly, who, who, yeah. who did you lose? I lost my grandfather, my aunt, yeah. lost a couple of my friends, you know. Things like that, it happens. It's life, you know. We just in the transitional period, yeah. but those things do shape you. Yeah, absolutely. When you and um, that first manager part ways, how how does it affect you mentally? Do you feel like it's a big step back, or was it a step forward? I feel like it was. Uh, I feel like it was a it was a blessing for real. Yeah. Like even at that time, even at the time, it felt like yeah, that. Yeah, because at first, like I think like the first week, I was just like, damn, bro, like. People, like, nobody believes in me. I was down bad on myself. I was, like, really hard on myself. Yeah. And then, like, I snapped out of it and was like, yo, this is just a chance for you to go harder. Like, yeah. go harder. And that's what I really uh, am trying to dig into because I, I was there. I was a 27-year-old yeah. rapper on The Verge, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And I remember feeling multiple times like, yo, this is my chance. I'm finally about to get it. And then, yeah, like... Yeah. Some always fucks it up, you know what I mean? I know myself, I was always dealing with bouts of, like, fucking imposter syndrome or depression or, you know what I mean? Like, just always something, some kind of mental block, you know what I'm saying? Like, have you dealt with those sort of things? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've dealt with, like, depression, imposter syndrome. Cause sometimes it's just like, should I really be doing this? Am I the best person for this? But... When you tell yourself that, <laughs> you start to trickle down that hole and go deeper and deeper. But and then I just learn how to just not tell myself those things. Just, <laughs> uh, just give yourself positive affirmations and just believe. Just believe you here for a reason. And yeah, this is your truth. You got to walk in that. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Now, in looking at your presence online mm -hmm. and your presence on all the DSPs. Um, it seems to me that you have a very focused and concentrated style, aesthetic, message, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you've really found yourself as an artist. And this is yes, a great sir. time to have found yourself as an artist, right? Do you have a moment that sticks out in your head when everything really started to click that gets you to this point right now where it's like the year, if it weren't for corona, that everything's really supposed to start taking off? Yeah, I feel like the moment was when, I, when we started like going to meetings with like labels and stuff and, mm -hmm. and like just even my first time coming to LA mm -hmm. I feel like that was a moment for me because like I thought I was like never gonna I thought I was gonna die before I even ever came to LA even though that sounds so like what it's just LA but that was just like a big step for me as like an artist it was just like yo I want to go to LA I want to see the world I want to travel and like yeah. just that was a big step for me, and that was, like, a point where I was just like, yo, maybe this shit might come. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. The, let me tell you, this show is built on yeah. the first trip to L.A. LA. Oh, that's man, it. That's like, the, I try to catch everybody on their <laughs> mm -hmm. first trip to L.A., you know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm like, as soon as you get something that pops off or something that where it's like, oh, people are seeing that potential and, and the bubble might pop, you know what I mean? yeah. All the labels want to fly you out, get the bidding war going. And so I try to catch people then. I'm yeah. like, oh, you got meetings come through. Yeah. You know, do a little press. That's tough. Bro. Yeah, you feel me? So I get and it. And they always going to remember that, it, too. That's it. Yeah. And, so, and so, yeah, that first trip to L.A., when you're, like, the labels are interested, you're meeting with people. What's that like, finally? It was cool because it's, uh, remember, like, I used to send tapes to them. Yeah. So it was just like, all right, now I'm in front of these people. And they're like, yo, we like your music. Full circle. <laughs> like, full yo, circle. we like your music. Yeah, it's definitely a full circle moment. And then I was just like, yo, young Germany, I'm proud of you. So it's just crazy how, like, everything happens from me sending in these tapes 
to the to the same labels that I'm having these meetings with, and it's just it's just a cool experience. That is really cool, yeah. man. Now now that we've gotten to the business side of yeah. when things are about to click, do you feel like there was a moment artistically where you're like, ooh, yeah, this is like. This is my calling. This is my, well, not even this is my calling, but mm-hmm. like the difference between the music you're making 10 years ago and the music now. Uh, I feel like when people would hit me and be like, yo, your music got me through rehab. Ooh. And I will be like, damn. Yeah. Like, I will be like, yo, you know what I'm saying? Like, thank you for rocking with me, man. Like, I'm, I'm glad I could be there for you. These words help you through because these same words help me through points and moments in my life, you know, mm-hmm. help me get through some shit. So I'm glad I could help you get through some shit. Mm-hmm. A lot of the music that you have available now on DSPs, I think, have a very pointed political perspective. I would yeah. say that your a lot of your music is activist music in a sense, mm-hmm. right? You know, I've been talking to th- about this with a lot of people. I think this is probably one of the worst times since we've been alive to be an American. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I and I can't even imagine being a, a black man in America yeah. right now. Um, you know, going through in my lifetime already the third set of like major uprisings in my lifetime. You yeah. know what I mean? And probably just as many in yours. And so, yeah, do you feel it's your responsibility? To make these political statements, or do you feel just like a call to arms for you to make these statements in your music? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. For me, like the thing is, it's like I'm a Black American. I'm yeah. very close to it. Mm-hmm. So, and like even within my own music, I always talk about like what's going on in my life. Mm-hmm. So, if these things happen, it's only it's only right that I include it in my music. Cause there's somebody else that's also out there dealing with the same thing, mm-hmm. so why not give them something to feel as though they can relate to it, and that this message isn't being just shoved under the rug. Right. You know what I'm saying? Cause I feel like a lot of people are like, "Yo, it's not my responsibility," and I'm just like, "Yo, like, are you not outraged?" Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think I would think it'd be sick if somebody wasn't outraged absolutely (laughs) you know what i'm saying so that's yeah that's how i look at it right had this happened during the time you were the artist you were 10 years ago would the message have sounded the same or do you think some of that comes with time and wisdom yeah i think definitely time and wisdom but i think i would have had a a song in there or maybe a bar touching on it yeah even back then but until you're like until you go through some shit (laughs) and then you really then you really, you really could speak on it, and you can see it from many different levels of like what what racism actually is, mm-hmm. you know? Because like at a young age, you just see it as like, oh, it's uh, it's just a skin thing. It's just that, but still at a yeah at, at a at a deeper level, it's just the root of a person. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. the internal demons. Even beyond that, it's yeah, like yeah. our, our it's whole like country evil. is our whole country yeah. is built on racism. It's crazy to me. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I lived through the '92 LA uprisings as a child, watching yeah. it on the news and not really mm-hmm. fully being able to comprehend it. And now, as a dude in my late 30s, w- watching these uprisings taking place or watching the Ferguson uprisings, it's like you have a whole different perspective. And I'm sure all my white friends think I'm annoying as shit because I relate yeah. everything back to race in America. Yeah. I'm like, yo, literally. Oh, that? Yeah, that has to do because of, like, racism that dates back 400 years in our country. Like, that's everything. Yeah, that's a lot of things, And and I think that's something you don't—you are not able to fathom when you're younger. You know what I'm saying? It does just seem Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, no, I have black friends. Like, I'm not racist. I don't benefit from racism. Mm -hmm. I got black friends. I got black friends. Nah, motherfucker, like, everything (laughs) has to do with that. Facts. That's a fact. Anyway. um, All right, so I know you got—the record was already supposed to be coming out, right? Mm -hmm. And you guys have— smartly pushed it back a little bit. Yes, sir. In hopes that maybe fucking we'll be able to tour in the near future or something. Who (laughs) who the fuck knows if that will ever happen. Uh, But what can you tell me about the upcoming record? uh, The upcoming record? I think it's really going to be some... uh, To sound like a a blog, I'm going to take it back to the blog air because we miss it. Uh, Very groundbreaking. Very black... Very uh, reminiscent of uh, what we used to hear. Yeah. And uh, just like me, Germany, Uno Hype, uh, you're going to hear a lot of Maryland on it. Yeah. So just just that. I, <laughs> I'll say that I really think 
that whole, that region is really just like the next region to get his flowers. Yeah, you know what I'm I, saying? I think we I think we get we doing our stuff yeah. now, but yeah, we haven't got our flowers though. I, I, yeah, like no thing. one's ever I know no one's ever talked about like Maryland in particular. Mm-hmm. Like I look at I know that Baltimore and DC are like yeah, two completely different, different areas. Worlds, they yeah. really are. I know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like there are so many artists from Baltimore right now that yeah. I love. There are so many artists from Facts. PG County in Maryland that I love mm-hmm. right now, and I really think that that whole region, region is going to yeah. have DMV. Maryland, yeah, yeah, the, Baltimore doing it, yeah. DC doing it, the same way Maryland that Atlanta it. or St. Louis or exactly. Houston have had their moments. Mm-hmm. I think, I think the the 2010s is gonna, you know, that area is gonna have that region. Like, you know, I, I love dudes like not not only like you and IDK, but then mm-hmm. I love dudes from Baltimore like Shorty Shorty, yeah, and shit Shorty, like that. Shorty, you know what I mean? Like, uh, what's what's one dude name? Uh, like they also got Bush Dawson. Like they tough. Like. Yeah. I really, I really rock with uh, Baltimore dudes, cause like the thing is, is that when we was throwing shows, like early, like couple years back, we was all doing shows together. Like that's the thing out there. It's like a lot, a lot of us come up around each other, so it's like we kind of bridging that gap between like DC and Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. I think from what I've heard, your record's really gonna be something to look out, look out for. I think like it's gonna put you in the conversation with. Um, I mean, personally, I think it'll put you in the conversation with people like Saba and people yeah. like Kendrick and mm-hmm. pe- you know what I mean, like IDK. Like yeah. I said, like just thought provoking yeah, music, very thought provoking music with yeah. styles. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With um, just solid song structure. You know, layers upon layers. Like yeah, what, yeah. what you're doing is good and it's important, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, man. most definitely. Um, so before we get out of here. Tell the people where they can find you online. Uh, you can find me online at unohype.com. You can find me on IG at unohype. All my handles are unohype. With the Twitter, blue, with the blue check hype. mark. Not yeah. yet. We almost getting there, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought, okay, yeah. We almost getting there. You'll be though. there soon. Yeah, we'll be there by the time you hear this, maybe. Yeah, at Uno Hype, U- <laughs> U-N-O-H-Y-P-E, spelled the same across the board. Yes. You can Google this, man. You can find it. Um, he's on Spotify, Title, all those things, yes, Uno sir. Hype. All the songs out are bangers. Um, yeah, man, congrats on your journey. I'm, I'm like, happy to see what comes. I'm, like, Thank excited you. to see what comes in the future. You know what I mean? And w- what a journey it has been. Yeah. Fucking, you <laughs> Here you are, this yeah, young facts. man that already got twenty years in the game. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? That is yeah. that is chops, man. Thanks, uh, man. Yeah, most definitely. Um, thank you for coming in. Thanks for having Absolutely. me. I appreciate it. I love the channel. Thank you, man. I Make appreciate sure y'all it. Y'all go watch all the videos. There you go. Hey, mm-hmm. look at this. I'm about to hire <laughs> you and shit. Uh, my name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition. You can find me online at It's Intuition. You can follow us as a unit at Kinda Neat across the board. Uh, please follow that Instagram. I done fucked up and. and and waited too long to start pushing it, but I'm pushing it now. So follow that Instagram at kind of neat, kind of neat.net where you can find everything in a pretty package and youtube.com slash kind of neat where you are going to see Uno Hype perform. What song are you performing? Color Me. Color Me uh, live on the channel. So by the time you're listening to this, you can go to youtube.com slash kind of neat and see him perform Color Me. That said, that was Uno Hype. I'm Lee and this was Kind of Neat. Kind of Neat.